And welcome back, everybody, to the Vancouver Boys podcast. I am your host, Marcus Keller, joined by my co-host, Jake Jude. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? And my co-host, Tyler Erlinson. Hey, how's it going? Well, we have a lot to unpack in this episode, but first, we have a few things to get to. As always, our fake sponsor is first up on the docket. Um, again, a reminder to our listeners that the fake sponsor of the week is a placeholder for a real sponsor, which we think we will someday be able to get. Uh, if you would like to contact us for any sponsorship inquiries, you can reach us at VancouverBoysHockey at gmail.com. You can also contact us at VancouverBoysPodcast on Instagram or on TikTok. Um, this week's episode of the Vancouver Boys podcast is brought to you by ICBC. Much like the Seattle Kraken, they will take your hard-earned money and assets and give you nothing in return. ICBC, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) They're just the worst, man. I can't stand ICBC. Privatize insurance. Get it done. Actually, I think they've started doing that. Not in BC yet, but uh, there's a big movement for it. I'd like to see it personally. Well, no, you can get, like, partial private insurance, but you still have to have, like, the basic ICBC stuff. Yeah, that that's a scam. They have no competition. They can set the prices wherever they feel like. Um, we've got a lot to unpack because today we witnessed the Seattle Kraken choose their roster. So we're going to unpack some of the picks that they make that we liked, the ones we didn't like, and the ones that straight up confused us. Where do we even start? your Vancouver Canucks. The Seattle Kraken from the Vancouver Canucks selected Cole Lind, which I'm really sad about because I thought he was going to be an excellent third liner for us. He seemed like he was coming together just the way we wanted him to. Got to play seven games in the NHL for the team that drafted him, and sadly, none of those games had any fans at them. Uh, Cole, wish you all the best, uh, just not against us. So... uh, yeah, I like that kid, though. I like him. Who did we protect over him? Uh, I believe Tanner Pearson was the one that oh. people thought we might not protect. Did he have, like, a no-trade clause or something? Or Nope. Jesus Christ. That's uh, Jim Benning for you. Present team. He's in, he's in win-now mode for whatever reason. The argument is Pearson typically gets 15 to 20 goals a year. Cole Lind, in his seven games, I believe only registered one or two points, which isn't bad, but he, uh, he, he's, he's not putting the future of this team first. He's putting the present of this team first. Yeah, that's who I would have picked. I mean, Holpe's contract's too high. There was enough goalies that they could have picked from, so. I, I, I like your thinking there, and speaking of goalies they could have picked, one of them just so happens to be the best goalie on the planet right now. <laughs> Sergei Bobrovsky? Oh my god, this guy. <laughs> hey, where's your Bobrovsky jersey, by the way? What is this? Man? This I I you didn't even order one, did you? You just lied to us. No no no. I'll I'll don't worry, it's coming. It better be. <laughs> Carrie yeah, Price taking like Roberto Luongo or something. <laughs> yeah, they could have taken the one year we have left on his contract. <laughs> I was more focused on the one that just carried a sixteenth seed team 18. into the st- 18th seed team to the Stanley Cup Finals and only lost to a powerhouse team that was $18 million over the cap. They could have had this goalie and they chose not to. And now if this is for injury reasons, I understand. They've had a better look at his medical records than the public will ever get. And if they've decided that this is going to plague his career, I understand. But I would like to hear the justification for if that's not the reason why, I would love to hear the justification for why they did not select him. Yeah, I mean, like they could have, they could have done so much in terms of like jersey sales. I mean, yeah, he's got a long contract, but like they could have done a lot with him before it expires. Um, I just, I, I mean, yeah, I really don't see how they went. Yeah, Kale Flurry. We think that his three years or two years that we'll have him for is going to be more valuable to us than potentially the five years we could have of Carey Price. Here's what really kind of irks me about the pick, right? Is unless, I'll I'll preface this, unless 
they opted out because of injuries. They have had a closer look at his medical files than the general public will ever get. Uh, if their trainers deem that this was going to plague him heavily in his career, I get it. But if it's for any reason other than that, I think this was a bad mis- this was a mistake. Because when you look at Carey Price, he's in the regular season. He's a good goaltender. He's decent. In the playoffs, this guy is nuts. And he's the only reason that Montreal made it to where they did. So when you look at next season, I've heard people debate this already, is if the Kraken are going to be a playoff team. The answer is yes. The answer is plain and simply yes. Because only two teams from the Pacific Division made it into the playoffs last year. Seattle has a decent roster here. They're going to outperform teams and they're going to make the playoffs. If you're looking for any playoff success, especially in your first year, and we've seen how well that worked out for an expansion team with Vegas, Carey Price is a selection you should be making. And and I can't think of a reason other than maybe injuries why you shouldn't. That cap hit is worth it if he's giving you playoff success. I would say potential for biggest goof of the week. Really? Yeah. I would say that they, that that... That move could have been the biggest goof of the week. Was it the goof of the week? <gasps> what a goof! Yeah, so the biggest goof of the week this week, uh, we are going to jump over to the NBA. I think this might be the first time that we've gone to the NBA. I believe it is. Um, and the biggest goof of the week is the Phoenix Suns for blowing a 2-0 series lead in the finals and then losing the next four straight. Yeah, never feels good to lose four straight in the finals. Congratulations to Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. But man, if you're Chris Paul or anyone else in the Phoenix Suns, ah, it's got to be got to be hurting pretty good right now for them. Well, let me tell you, if you blow a 2-0 series lead in the finals, you better win at least one more game. <laughs> Specifically game five. That's right. If you win game five, you keep all the respect and dignity that you'd think you should get. Until the end of Game 7. <laughs> Till two minutes into Game 7, honestly. Yeah. Giannis is just built different, though. Yeah, I mean, like... It's an absolute yeah, animal. That, that, that whole team. Like Chris Middleton and stuff, too? Yeah. Kind of just one of those sleeper players who can put up monster numbers. Yeah, I always expected the Milwaukee Bucks to be that, like, perennial runner-up team. Like, I never expected them to actually do it. Congratulations to them. Sucks to be on anyone on the Phoenix Suns. They had an awesome year this year. Great run to the finals. Who knows? Maybe they'll be back. Leaning back towards hockey, uh, what do we think of some of the other Seattle picks? Was there anything like deeply surprised you guys? I think not picking Tarasenko is going to surprise a lot of people. Personally, it doesn't surprise me just because of how much I've watched Vince Dunn play. But to the naked eye, that's uh, definitely an interesting pick. Tarasenko has kind of cemented himself as a top 20 player in the NHL over the last few years. Uh, In your opinion, why would they have opted for Dunn over a player with such a high pedigree? Well, they're a new team. I don't think they're expecting to do a whole lot. So they're kind of, I guess they're kind of going with somebody a lot younger who's got like a really high upside. Who says Tarasenko stays there in two years? So Yeah, he wants out of there anyway, right? Yeah, well, he wants out of St. Louis, but I'm saying if he went to Seattle, who says he resigns there? So they're kind of going more with a player they know is going to stick around. Yeah, the the guy that more surprises me is um, Morgan Geeky. I mean, I watched the Carolina Hurricanes play a lot this year, and yet he was a great player. But a lot of people had uh, the Seattle Kraken picking Jake Bean. That's who I thought they were going to take. Yeah, and uh, they went with Morgan Geeky, which you know I support that pick. I think Morgan Geeky's got a, a high ceiling. Um, if he continues to develop, he'll, he might get some first-line minutes. You know, I wouldn't say anything le- le- anything less than second-line minutes, and I think um, I think he's being done a disservice. But, you know, I think he's a good pick. And, uh, and yeah, I, I'm a bit surprised. But I'm not too surprised that they picked Morgan Geeky. Well, Jake, I don't think anyone was surprised about any of the picks because, unfortunately for the NHL, this big event that they'd been drumming up to very suspensefully announced the roster that Seattle had selected leaked about six or seven hours before the draft was aired on TV. This no doubt will have cut the viewership in half 
And has the NHL actively seeking for a mole in the NHLPA to find out who leaked this thing? This is a major breach for the NHL. Yeah, it's disappointing because I was definitely looking forward to watching it. But after seeing the list, I don't think I tuned in at all. So you don't think, or you, you or you didn't? We, where where well, have you been for the last few hours? There, Tyler, in a, in a total haze, <laughs> just doesn't even know where he is right now. Like, I don't think hey, I watched you, it. You're in Edmonton, by the way. Well, <laughs> really? I didn't know. Okay, I didn't watch it, but I technically overheard you guys watching it. So, oh, you caught I'm the kind live of in the gray area there. Okay, watch the Vancouver yeah. Boys live stream. Yes, the Vancouver Boys. Sure did. The best way to get kept up with all things Vancouver Boys. <laughs> Follow us on TikTok at the Vancouver Boys Podcast. On Instagram at the Vancouver Boys Podcast. And Seamless. Seamless. Or everywhere. <laughs> I just looked at the Vancouver Boys <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> you must have gone to broadcasting school. Um, what's your take on the leaked list? Honestly, man, I'm just so sad. Like... I was looking forward to the expansion draft for so long and to have just kind of like all the presents opened and on the floor before I even had the chance to get to them. It was just like, uh. also, I mean, I can get into this a little bit later, but there was a, an element of kind of uncertainty for me because I wasn't sure who the Seattle Kraken were going to take out of Nashville. And to see that it was pretty much guaranteed going to be the player that I didn't want it to be. It was, uh, yeah, not not the best day today. So, I, I I watched it, and obviously so did Jake. If you caught the live stream, you already know that. At Vancouver Boys Podcast. At Vancouver Boys Podcast on TikTok. Um, and I think I watched it. And Tyler thinks he watched it. <laughs> he still doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> when, when he figures it out, he'll let us know. Um, but I still think that re- regardless of the leaked list, and the fact that it was confirmed that it was 100% accurate and it was a leak, not just a prediction. Seattle did a great job, I think, with the theatrics of it, between having the stage set up waterfront, between having past and current uh, Seattle sports celebrities and even some pop culture celebrities uh, reading off the picks. I, I thought they did an excellent job entertainment-wise. Yeah, I mean, Marshawn Lynch. He's the one who announced the pick from the Nashville Predators. So I was, I was. Dude, wasn't Sue that. Bird there? Did he say the first name right? Because he didn't even attempt the last name. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll get right to it. the The Seattle Kraken selected Callie Yarncroke from the Nashville Predators. How's Yarncroke spelt? J A R N. You you've already lost Marshan. <laughs> you've already lost him. K R O K Skittles, and it's pronounced Yarncroke or Yarncroke. And Marshawn or Marshawn Lynch was literally just like. Kelly, <laughs> my guy, you've been selected. Yeah, and then I think Kevin Weeks looked at him and he went, Yarn Croak. <laughs> I was like, what, John Cock? <laughs> yeah, it was great. But like when they when they cut back from commercial and I just, they, and they go, all right, and now to announce the next pick. And then they just cut to Marshawn Lynch. Oh, that got me so fired up. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Wasn't Sue Bird there? Yeah, Sue Bird did one of the picks too. Yeah, uh, she. I think she's a basketball player for the Seattle. What is it? Yeah, this? I was gonna say for anyone who doesn't know who she is, she plays women's basketball. That's why you don't know who she is. <laughs> know that Family Guy bit where they're at a WNBA game and the announcer goes, "Well, that was pretty good, but let's see what the fan thinks." <laughs> they pan up to the crowd. And there's one guy. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> He's like not even paying attention. No. Yeah, no, they, they did a, a good job theatrics-wise. I found it funny. They, they were putting a lot of emphasis on the Vancouver rivalry. They brought us up many times. They kind of roasted us a few times. But what I found a little bit funny was that of all the players they selected, they saved Vancouver for last, just, again, to try to force that rivalry thing in. And they brought out the entire ownership group to come read off the pick. And I just found that funny because they only did that because it was Vancouver. Like they brought out the owner. If you're going to bring out the owners for anyone, you'll bring them out to announce that Giordano's on the team, you know, a high caliber, high name player. Instead, they brought out the owners to read off a player that has played seven NHL games. I, I just thought that was a little funny and a little, a little bit directed. Future captain Colin. Yeah, for sure. 
Who do you guys think actually <laughs> will get the captaincy on this team? Because obviously the first year that usually... Yanni Gord. <laughs> Yanni Gord. <laughs> Dude, y- Yanni Gord is like a third liner, and he's going to have to like... He's going to have to carry this team. Dude, I think Yanni Gord was their best pick. Oh, I agree. But still, Yanni Gord is a second liner at best. Exactly. I mean, when he's, you... he's going to play on all the lines. <laughs> First, second, and third line plays a different position for each line. Double shifts all game, every game. <laughs> um, I like right now when you look at the team, the guy with the best captain material is obviously Giordano, as he actually was a captain last year in the last eight years before that. Um, but if Seattle's smart, they're not going to make him the captain because odds are at 38 years old, he's not going to be around for more than three or four years. How much longer is his contract? Do we know that? He's got one year left at 6.75. Okay. Well, I don't know how long he stays with them after that, but odds are it's not going to be long enough to really have an era of the team under his name as captain. I think it's going to be a UFA. Really? I think, I think the Seattle Kraken are going to be pretty active in the UFA market this year. I think Landeskog's for sure on their radar. And I wouldn't be surprised if they landed Landeskog um, and then gave him the captaincy. Do you think they'll do it in the first year or wait at least a season? Uh, well, I, I don't think they're going to give anyone the captaincy in the first year. Um, I agree. But uh, one thing I'm really curious about, do you guys, who do you guys think will be the starting goalie? Because we know that the three goalies that they picked were Joey Decord, Vitek Vanacek, or Vanacek and Chris Drieger. So who do we, who do we think is going to be the starter out of that group? Chris Drieger. I was going to say Drieger, and I think Decord will back him up. Really? Yeah. I think Vanacek will back him yeah, up. Yeah, I think Vanacek will be the backup. And then Decord will be kind of like the Oscar Dansk <laughs> or the Malcolm Subban, the kind of like last last option. But admittedly, though, that's like that's two decent backups, though. That's like, you know, if one gets injured, you're not scared to put the other guy in net. Like, they'll both perform well, I think, as backups. Yeah, and they make like next to nothing. So they're like, this team is going to be so low like they're probably just above the the cap floor. That's why I was saying that they they had room to pick price. That's I, I get it if they were pressed against the cap ceiling, but they're not. They're not even close. I mean, I really as as surprised as I am, I'm just happy because the other piece of Canucks news that were rumored that we glossed over was that if Price was selected by the Kraken with all their extra cap space, they were planning on offer sheeting Elias Pettersson who we can barely afford to keep as it is. There's a legit concern that he could get offer sheeted and that if he was, we would not be able to match that offer. Montreal was rumored to be offering him 10.2 million per year as it's a salary-based penalty that you'd have to pay. And if they paid that, the penalty would have been two firsts, a second, and a third. Holy smokes. So... In a parallel universe, Seattle picks him, picks Price, and Montreal offer sheets Pedersen. And if he signs that offer, the Canucks get from Montreal two firsts, a second, and a third. Those would probably be pretty high Not firsts because their goalie would now be Jake Allen. <laughs> <laughs> St. Louis Blues legend. One way or another, if just about any team is offering me two firsts, a second, and a third for Pedersen, I'm not sure I take that deal because that, that's not where our team is right now. We're not looking for more draft picks and super young prospects. We're looking for, according to Jim Benning, we're looking for players that are ready to go. Yeah, who are those guys that... Yeah, um, I'm not taking that trade. Who are the guys that are um, like rumored to get picked up by uh, Jim Benning in this offseason? Oliver Ekman Larson. Oh, my Larson. God. I don't want to hear that guy's name again. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, one of the guys on the list was Zach Hyman, but it sounds like the Oilers are now front runners for him, and he had a meeting with them today. Uh, oh, one of those guys from uh, Minnesota. What's his face? I always, I always forget his name. Parise? No, the other guy. Ryan Suter? Suter? Nope. One more. It was like Bo- Boostus Jed or something. Bukestad? Yeah. Oh, Nick Bukestad. Bukestad. Tyler, why don't you give us all of your Minnesota Wild uh, expertise there? Yeah, what do you think about Bukestad? I love him. <laughs> what? I was not expecting As soon that. as he leaves Minnesota. Best part of that franchise. Yeah, the best part about Nick Bukestad is that he won't be playing there next year. 
<laughs> Dude, you know what would be hilarious? Is Kaprizov wins the Calder. The next year, he signs in Russia and, and just screws right off. Yeah, that's a pretty crazy... <laughs> well, uh, he got offered. I know, and it was a huge I offer. Know. It was like nine mil per season. Yeah, I'm not I surprised. think he should take it. I don't think he's worth that much. I really don't. In the well, KHL, exactly. That's why he should is. take it. Yeah, in the K, but that's what he was offered from Minnesota. Really? Yeah, and he turned it down. After one year, the guy turns down $9 million. I know. And again, I don't even think he's worth it in the first place. <laughs> I guess he just like walked outside of the rink one day and he was like, you know what? I don't want to spend my young life in this city. <laughs> I don't want to be a young millionaire in Minneapolis. Smart. <laughs> Imagine being a North American city and having someone look at you and say, I'd rather live in Russia. <laughs> just, just think about that for a few minutes. Let that sink in. St. Paul to St. Petersburg. <laughs> Honestly, we should just trade Besser over there for him. Yeah, Besser wants to be there. No, I don't think he does. Exactly. They, every, like, every year, Minnesota asks about him. Two years ago, they wanted to do a one-for-one one trade, Dumba for Besser. That's what they offered Jim Benning. That's fair. I'm surprised he didn't take it knowing him. I, I know. It, apparently, Benning like laughed on the phone and just hung up. But, I mean... What's, what's wrong with another overpriced defenseman? Overpriced aging defenseman. How old is Dumba now? <laughs> 27? Oh, I think he's older than that. I think he's like 29, 30. Yeah, because oh, like, wow. I've said before, for me, if you're Jim Benning, you're looking for players within about three to four years of Bo Horvat's age. Bo I've, Horvat is 26. I apologize. Uh, Tyler, you're right. Uh, Matt Dumba turns 27 this week. Yeah, so that's not old. That that matches about where the core of this team is anyway. Maybe a bit older, but I keep up not far fetched with the Minnesota news. Yeah, you've clearly brushed on up it. on your Minnesota trivia. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Before we head into break, there was something I wanted to bring up, and I hope you guys will indulge me for a second. Um, this week, or I should say, last week, a player retired from the NHL. And um, this probably won't mean much to most, most of our listeners, but to me, it means a, a pretty big deal. Pekka Rene announced his retirement. And uh, for a lot of fans who listen to this show, I know they're Canucks fans. Yeah, you are. Pekka Rene, um, he's akin to the, the Sedins, right? Uh, Pekka Rene has been the face of the Predators for years. Um, I grew up watching him. Uh, he was a class act in the city. And uh, I really hope that the Predators can find a way to bring him back and, and involve him into the organization again. And as we go into break here, I just wanted to, uh, you know, put something out there if he ever gets a chance to uh, hear this. Thanks for all you did. Uh, great role model, great player, great character guy. And I uh, wish nothing but the best for you in retirement. Amen, brother. And now a word from our fake sponsor. This week's episode of the Vancouver Boys Podcast is brought to you by ICBC. Much like the Seattle Kraken, they will take your hard-earned assets and in return give you absolutely nothing. ICBC, fuck you. We'll be right back. And welcome back from the break. Uh, we are going to jump right into the inbox and answer some of your questions that we asked you to submit on our Instagram at Vancouver Boys Podcast. Our first question comes from good friend of the show, Satan, uh, who asks, <laughs> will it be an issue having the Seattle Kraken because players will be less inclined to come to Vancouver now that there's another West Coast team uh, with such a similar identity to Vancouver uh yeah you know I think um I think because Seattle is so close to Vancouver the location isn't really going to make Vancouver that much more of an attractive place for players to come to but I think the big reason why players will pick Seattle over Vancouver is the fact that Seattle will be dealing in American and they're you know an American city and American dollars and American taxes uh versus Canada where 
you know, they're going to be dealing with the Canadian government, Canadian taxes. And as we all know, players prefer to play in the States than they do in Canada so that they can, at the end of the day, end up taking home more money. So, yeah, I think I think Seattle will be a more attractive place for players to play. Personally, I think players are going to want to play in Vancouver more if they come visit the city first. Everyone who plays in Vancouver, aside from, like, Nate Schmidt, loves it there and wants to stay there. So, I mean, I've been to Seattle. I hate the city. I would much rather be playing in Vancouver if I was there. What makes Seattle such a terrible place? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about this. Like, like I, I agree. Hate is a strong word, my friend. I, I agree that Vancouver is not less attractive now, but I also don't hate Seattle. What, what do you got against them? Well, I don't know. It just looks like such a bummy city. The one thing I will admit is that it is, it's like a layered city. Yeah. It almost looks like a, like a city that's built on top of itself. Like all of its freeways kind of feed into themselves a lot. And there's a lot of like high rises that are built tight together. So I guess I can see kind of what you mean. Like it seems like a very dark city. It also rains a lot. Last time I was there, somebody pissed on the side of my truck (laughs) while I was stopped at a light. (laughs) That was me. I was visiting. (laughs) Um, No, Okay. Well, last time I drove to Seattle, it was really weird because on the I-5, um, as you, some of the lanes just turn into off ramps, like normal lanes that you've been driving on for miles, just suddenly veer off the highway with like no warning <laughs> yeah. at all. And they're and they're and like those off ramps are over top of other roads. That's yeah. what I mean. They're like it's like a layered city. So not only do they make it easy to get lost, they make it hard to get back. But uh, if you're a free agent who doesn't care so much about the off-ramps that go into the city <laughs> and more about how much money the government's going to take from you, I, I can see why Seattle becomes more attractive. But there's a reason why people don't call Seattle the most beautiful place on earth. But they do call BC and, and Vancouver that. Uh, Vancouver just has an element to it that nowhere else in the world has. And when you put the money and government aside... BC is an attractive place to live for a lot of people. And yeah, Seattle would be an alternative, but I don't know. I, I don't know if there's any replacement for Vancouver. I think like when it when for these guys when they're picking places to play, I always think about like, yeah, you know, there's places that might be nice places to live. But what would be a nice place to be a millionaire in? <laughs> you know, like that's like that's why I think like Vegas, New York, LA, yeah. Florida have like an unfair advantage. Because, like, all the marquee free agents are going to want to go live in, like, Miami, L.A., you know what I mean? Well, look, York, look at Vegas. Look, look at how easy it is for Vegas to get free agents. Look at how many huge names they've gotten on their team. If I'm a millionaire, I'm going to Milwaukee. <laughs> the only city smaller than Winnipeg. Yeah, if I'm a millionaire, I'm certainly not going to <laughs> Ottawa. <laughs> okay. All right, I got a question here. Oh, yeah? If you had to pick three NHL players... To join your gaming squad, who would they be? Patrick Line. Patrick Line. <laughs> just three copies. I was gonna of say the same thing. <laughs> One that I know just just from being in Vancouver that had a huge platform was actually Adam Gaudette. This guy, when he was not at the rink, he was behind his computer. And maybe that's why he's in Chicago now. But he man, he he had a huge platform for it. He had a, like, I think it was Warzone that he played. Yeah. yeah. Warzone's a big one. I watched him and Petey play Warzone. Oh, yeah? How was that? Um, Petey kind of sucks, but God, that's pretty good. There's one actually, like, in the Vancouver market, it got really popular. There was, a uh, like, a screen clip of Pedersen. I guess he was recording, like, filming himself while he was playing. And, uh... At one point, he's watching the screen, and I guess he kills someone. He goes, suck it, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And it was for months. That was any meme about the Canucks. That was the clip they used. It was so funny. All um, right, let's get let's get back into some of the questions. We got we always get lots of questions, and we love it. Um, you guys can send us questions uh, to our inbox on Instagram. That's the best way to make sure that they'll end up on the show. Yep. And uh, yeah, we love we love answering you guys' questions. So send them in, and we'll get to them as best we can every episode. Now this one comes from another longtime listener of the show, our good friend Aiden, uh, who asks: Should the Canucks 
who asks, who should the Canucks bring in to play with Quinn Hughes? He's going into his third year in the NHL and likely onto his third defense pairing. Is the solution to get a free agent, to trade, or to find someone in the draft? Well, I certainly don't think it's a draft-related issue. Um, I think, you know, they've got this player in their system that I don't know if he's 100% ready to get NHL minutes, especially not with Quinn Hughes, who's going to be the top pairing. But I think that they could make a very good duo moving forward. And I've mentioned him a lot on the podcast before because I'm really high on him, but that's Jet Woo. Woo. Jet Woo. Jet the Woo. I I really think that this guy needs to be given some NHL minutes, a chance to play with him, and I think those two could make a lifelong pairing for the NHL. Because also, they're the same, like around the same age. I think they might have even been drafted in the same draft class. Give the guys some time, give the guys some time together and see what happens. Could be magic. No. No. I feel like every player like that. I will put together the most well-crafted, well-thought-out idea, and this man will just ruin me with one word every time. <laughs> this guy's like the toxic girlfriend you're fighting with. Big paragraph apology. Okay. <laughs> with a period. Honestly. After it. Literally. If I got like a giant essay from a girl, my response would be like, I would send her like the game pool or something. My response is block the number. Like, Wanna play <laughs> the eight ball pool game? <laughs> Your move. Yeah. Um, for, first of all, to get to what Jake said about Jet Wu, I think he still needs maybe another season, another season to season, if you will, in another the NA, season in the season in in the AHL. Um, but good news is that we will get to see up close and personal what Jet Wu plays like because he's in Abbotsford now. So sometime early in the season, the Vancouver boys are going to go to a game and we're going to see what Jet Wu looks like in person and see if he can cut it in the NHL immediately, which is what Jake would do if he was the GM. Um, and as to your question, Aiden, I think the best option here is to go with either a trade or a free agent signing, but most likely a trade because we have Schmidt who wants out. If you can trade Schmidt, add maybe a draft pick or even a lower caliber prospect and maybe upgrade on Schmidt a little bit, I think you can get a really good uh, partner for him that way. However, uh, drafting is just not going to happen. Any player from this year's draft is not going to be ready for two to three years minimum. Uh, so we have a question here from the inbox. Eichel to Seattle for second overall. Well, that's going to be a second overall plus a few other things because that's uh, that that's not enough. Eichel is bordering on being what you could call a generational talent. He's obviously a few steps behind McDavid and Matthews, but not far. And uh, a second overall pick is not going to be enough. I think you're going to need at least three first. Yeah, it, 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 so it, it implies that there would be more than the second overall. But if you're building a package, yep, I would say not only could that be part of it, it damn well has to be. What is the most valuable piece of memorabilia that you guys own? That's a good question. That's a I'll, great question. I'll go last because I, I feel like I kind of have the hammer on this one, but... Uh, uh, Jake, why don't you go ahead? Oh, no. Um, because Jake does have a Chinese knockoff Preds jersey, <laughs> which I'm sure in the right market could sell for tens of dollars. No. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, honestly, I think, oddly enough, I think the most value piece, uh, valuable piece of hockey memorabilia I have is a official... Coho 2006-2007 <laughs> Nashville Predators alternate jersey with the yawning mouth of the Predator <laughs> logo and the mustard yellow color. I'm not sure what they go for online, but I'm fairly certain. I don't have much in terms of memorabilia compared to these guys, but I'd say that's probably, it's at least my most valuable. Like It's most valuable to me in my collection. I also have a signed Victor Bartley jersey, but something tells me that's not going to be worth much on the secondary market. No, 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 no digs to Victor Bartley, but <laughs> yeah, I, I'd probably trade you future considerations for that. <laughs> yeah, 
I'm, I'm trying to think of what mine would be. Yeah, hard to top the 2006-2007 alternate <laughs> from a recently expanded franchise. Um, well, I mean, I have a few signed Blues jerseys. Uh, signed Jeff Carter jersey. With a mustard stain. With a, yeah, mustard stain. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> um, I might go with, I have Tarasenko's stick and he signed it. That'd be a pretty so good one. So that might be something. And his jersey's signed, too. Well, I think mine, I uh, got to give a shout-out to my grandpa before I even mention this one uh, because I inherited it. Uh, he's still alive. He just likes saying that I inherited things now. Um, would be his Wayne Gretzky rookie card. It's the... Ooh. Oh, yeah. It, it's the real deal. It's the tops. It's official. It's in a glass case. Uh, kind of a cool story. He traded, like, a bulk pack of cards for it and uh, the guy at the shop when he said he wanted a, a Gretzky card in return the guy said look I have some Gretzky rookie cards here but the cards you gave me are very valuable altogether so he said I'm gonna wait until I get in a really really good condition Gretzky card and I'll call you so my grandpa did he left the cards with him and a few weeks later he got the phone call saying hey I got a mint Gretzky rookie card here you can come pick it up and so my grandpa grabbed it, put it in a glass case, and it's been in there ever since. And so that would be mine. And that, you know, th those range in price a lot. But basically on the low end, it would be worth about three grand. Uh, it's never been graded, but uh, on the high end, it could go for hundreds of thousands if it is that kind of a card. Thanks for the question. Uh, we got another question in the inbox. Uh, Flames got $6 million freed up in cap space. What do they do with it? Where, where should they allocate that money? Hockey pucks. $6 million worth of hockey pucks? That's a good replacement yep. for Geo. Or maybe Louis Erickson. I don't know. Oh, that, that'd be perfect. <laughs> or Tyler Myers. They could buy the hockey pucks and then give them to Vancouver for Erickson. <laughs> I see. Nice little three-way trade there. I like it. Uh, yeah. If you're Calgary, I mean, you're you're set up decently in goal, uh, but, man, you, you've got to address your offensive depth and your defense because you're missing a big piece back there now. Man, I've said this before, and I will say it again. Calgary needs to blow it up. They're so far from a cup. Like, they just they have nothing. They have nothing but mediocre pieces. They are Minnesota. They like. I'm sorry if you're a Calgary Flames fan, and you want some reassurance, but your team is just—it's not even close, and it hasn't been close since 2004. Granted, should have won in 2004, but the team just there's no there's no consistency there. There's no high end talent there except for maybe Matt Kachuk, but he hates his teammates, and his teammates hate him. I mean, the team is just—they just lost their friggin' captain. You know, it's it's bleak there. Blow up the team. Just throw in the towel. Blow it up. Start from scratch. Uh, we got a really interesting question in the inbox here, and I will really leave this one to you guys because it has nothing to do with me. Who has the best stick slash curve in the NHL, in your opinion? Uh, well, it used to be Alexander Ovechkin. Still is. <clears throat> because... Uh, there used he used to be allowed to uh, use just a ridiculous curve. Um, it was called the Crazy Ovi Curve, and I think it was done by CCM. Um, but they no longer allow him to use it, so I'm sure it's probably still him. But uh, I don't I don't know beyond that. Yep, still is. Someone asked why did Seattle pass on Tarasenko? Uh, we kind of touched on that already, but I'm going to throw that over to Tyler as he's a little more educated on the Blues than I am. I think Vince Dunn has a higher upside at the age that he's at, and Tarasenko's only got two years left on his contract, and I guarantee you he will not stay in Seattle when he's done. So it just makes more sense to stick with Dunn, and then hopefully you can sign him long term, and you got yourself a solid defenseman back there. One more question here from the inbox. Uh, why do you think Seattle didn't take Zach McEwen and took Cole Lind instead? Um, honestly, those are two players that you have to look at as role players, right? Well, I mean, we're not going to go too far into their personal lives. But um, 
uh, when you look at Lind, he's a third-line winger, whereas McEwen is a fourth-liner. McEwen is grittier, he's bigger, he fights. And I think the Kraken have the grit that they want on their team, and they're looking for more skilled players. And uh, basically, the reason they didn't take McEwen is because they have too many players like him already. They didn't quite have a Cole Lind. Um, yeah, Cole Lind could get, like, second-line minutes on this team. He could. It could happen, yeah. I mean, hell, he had second-line minutes on our team for yeah. the last seven games of the season. Yeah, I mean, like, one, playing. two injuries, and I can see him on the second line. What do you think, Tyler? We also have Pearson on our team playing on the second line, so it's not hard to get second-line minutes. That's true. But I could definitely see Lynn getting good minutes playing for the Kraken. Uh, another question from the inbox here. Uh, when Seattle takes a player, do they also take their contract on as is, or does it void it? Uh, yeah, no, they, they take the contract as is. Uh, believe me, if money wasn't an issue, there would be a lot of different players selected. Uh, probably the likes of Tarasenko, Duchesne, Price. Uh, sure, there's other people I'm missing. Uh, Louis Erickson would have gotten snapped up immediately. Um, also, I just... <laughs> I just want you to picture this, right? If money wasn't an issue, then there would be teams paying for players that don't currently play for them, and there would be a team <laughs> of at least 30 players who are not being paid to play there. Yeah, that'd be nuts if they just got to select everyone and then their caps just went to zero and they had to <laughs> renegotiate every single contract. I mean, every time there was an expansion, the league would just implode. <laughs> Um, we got another, uh, more of a comment here in the inbox. The GM was on Coke when he made this team, uh, referring to the <laughs> Seattle Kraken. Um, interesting take. Are you sure he wasn't on crack? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Tyler with his patented one line, one sure per episode guaranteed. Crack. <laughs> um, Okay, uh, another suggestion from the inbox here. Uh, Edmonton should talk with Seattle and get Giordano. That's maybe not the worst idea I've heard, seeing as they did just lose Larson. And I, I think Giordano, at least at present, is an upgrade on Larson. What is Giordano's trade value, though? I don't know, maybe a first? You think he's worth a first? I think to a desperate team he is. I fully agree. If you can get a team... That thinks they're just at the trade deadline. That thinks they're just one piece short. They will do just about anything to sacrifice their future to make sure that they get success in the present. And I could see a team, I could see a team giving a first, but see, only I, at the deadline. I only at the deadline. I wasn't expecting you guys to say that. I was thinking maybe like a third or a second, because in my opinion, it's not worth it for Seattle to move them for a second or a third. But if someone's offering a first, I mean, I'd yeah. Grab I mean, they were happy to take a first. What, what was the offer for for from or the offer that Seattle made to Calgary to prevent them from taking Giordano? It was like a first, a second, and two thirds. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I got another question here. Go for it. Do you think the Caps would have won the Cup in 2018 without Smith Pelly on the team? Well, assuming they had a competent replacement. For him, yes. I, I mean, I, I always get this. Like, Absolutely not. This always gets me when players are like, or when uh, fans ask, well, would this team have done this without this player? Because I don't fully get it. Are you meaning they're playing a man short? Or are you just replacing that player with like a mediocre player? Like, what, what do you mean without them? Smith Pelly played out of his mind in those playoffs. He was good. He was. I, I enjoyed watching. I think he was arguably one of their best players. I, I would like, and that's just it. Is like there are other players that are as talented and more talented than him. In but those it, playoffs, Devonte Smith Pelly, twenty four games played, seven goals and one assist. Yeah, and and for for but his role, those seven he, goals were like clutch goals. And was he a third liner or a fourth liner? Fourth. Yeah, that those are ridiculous numbers for a fourth liner in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, if you're asking, if you replace him with the average fourth liner, you could argue maybe not, maybe they don't. And not because he's just so good that he powered them to the Stanley cup, but because he played that role so well that 
they were getting scoring from places that the other team wasn't expecting to get it from. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That year, there was a few players who were, like, around his level with better or similar numbers. Like, Jake DeBrusque and Austin Watson had the same amount of points. Fewer goals, but still the same amount of points. I don't know. I think because... But they're also playing higher up the lineup. Yeah, I think Austin Watson was a fourth liner and Jake DeBrusque was a third liner. Uh, I, yeah, well, I think Jake DeBrusque was playing second line at that point. Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, the, the seven goals were like, like I think a couple of them were OT. and Yeah. Yeah, I remember. They, were just, they came at the right time. I remember in 2017, Vernon Fiddler, who was like his last games in the NHL, scored one of the most clutch goals in Nashville Predators history. So, you know, I'll ne- and I'll never forget that. But so it's really just like when those goals come compared to, you know, points and all that, too. Okay, uh, another question from the inbox here. If Seattle took Price, was there a possibility we'd lose Petey to the Habs via a offer sheet? Uh, Now, again, we already did touch on this one a little bit. Uh, It was rumored that the Habs would have offer sheeted Pedersen. But the one thing that people forget is even for that to happen, Pedersen has to sign that offer sheet. Even if it's more money, you have to remember, almost everyone he's ever met in North America he met through the Vancouver Canucks organization. Uh, it would be a really big step for him to leave that, especially with how close it, it's known that he is with Besser and Hughes and some of the other players. Uh, so I, I, even though, yes, he could have gotten offer sheeted, I would have been relatively surprised if he signed it. Okay, I got one more question on here. Yeah, shoot. Okay. Um, do you guys think Tampa Bay is going to three-peat? I think without Yanni Gord, you don't have to stand a chance. I'll give it to him. Sure. I think as it stands right now, pre-free agency, pre-draft, on July 21st, 2021, I'd say my pick for the 2022 Stanley Cup winners are the Tampa Bay Lightning. But that is very much subject to change. But, like, they don't have a third line at all. Yeah, you're right. They lost all three of their third liners. Here's my thinking on it is even after they lost their free agents and they came off the books at the end of the summer or at the end of the season, they were still over the cap. They now have some serious finagling to do to get themselves to be a cap compliant team before the start of the season, which every team has to be. I think with what they're probably going to have to sacrifice to get there, I think they're going to lose a lot of depth because they're obviously not dealing Cooch or Stammer or uh, uh, Kuznetsov or any of those guys. Hedman. Kuznetsov? Hedman. No. No, no, I was trying to... The, the goalie. Um, Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky. <laughs> Vasilinsky. Vasilinsky. Um, <laughs> little nod to our early fans of the show. <laughs> yeah. Only you will get that reference, and that's the way we're going to keep it. Um, I, I, they're not dealing their stars, so they're going to deal their depth. I think, though, that, like, one thing that Tampa Bay hasn't really had to do in the last few years because they've been so good is they haven't really had to put any of their young guys in. Like, uh, Taylor Radish hasn't even entered the lineup. Uh, what is it? Uh, Boris Kachuk hasn't, ordered, hasn't entered the lineup. And I think both those guys are itching to get into the lineup. So, you know, they might lose a few guys, but I think they've got plenty of guys to fill in those spots. Oh, I, I still think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with next year. But I, I don't think they're cup champions. I, I don't think they can make it w- with the with following the actual rules of the NHL, which they're going to have to do next year. I don't think they win. Okay, well then who... who, uh, who no. Who do you think wins then? Because like, as it stands... Okay, let, right me, let me elaborate on Tampa real quick. They lost their entire third line. They're probably going to lose most of their fourth line. And... Who knows? They might have to get rid of somebody on that top six. So I personally, I don't think they're going to win. I do like Colorado if they re-sign Landeskog, but other than that, it's I don't know. It's kind of up in the air. Maybe Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Why? So they're going to have the exact same team, but with Ekblad back. But uh, there's a question mark, bit of a question mark in net. No question mark. Not at all. Sure about that? Spencer Knight. Well, that's a bit of a yeah. change of narrative wow. for you. 
Well, he's got to be. Uh, he, he's going to play, and he's going to be groomed by Bobrovsky. My my kind of sleeper pick for the Stanley Cup next year is the New York Islanders. And it's hardly a sleeper pick. They've finished top four the last two years. You're right, but no one ever picks them. That's the thing. When you say Stanley Cup teams, like who's going to win it? No one says the Islanders. And I don't get it. I mean, I, I think it's just because really their brand of hockey is not overly exciting. So they don't get the media coverage. They don't get the hype. And people really overlook how good they are. They were one goal, well, two goals technically, away from the Stanley Cup Finals this year. And that's against a team, again, that was $18 million over the cap. New York is going to come into the league next year with virtually the same roster that they had this year. Minus Eberle. Minus Eberle. And Nick Letty. And Letty. But they might have Parise. Exactly. They, like, this is a team that, you Parise know. Parise is hardly a replacement for Eberle, though. Like, I don't know. Let's say they replace Eberly and Letty with Parise and Suter. Like, great. Now they're the, just the Minnesota Wild. Like, literally now they're just the Minnesota Wild. But they're good. But they're a hell of a lot better than the Minnesota Wild. Also, weren't they missing Anders Lee? Like, the entire playoffs? Yeah. That is correct. Yeah. This is a team that has the potential to come in next year and take the league by storm. I really think they can do it. So they're... I'm not saying they're my number one 100% pick, but, man, they're a team that will sneak up on you if you let them. Oh, someone mentioned that uh, Trotz is the best coach in the league. Too. I agree. Yeah, I, Trotz, I agree I with that. No, Barry Trotz is not the best coach in the league. He's just he's one of the most respected he people He is in the hockey. best coach in the league. People buy in. Also, he has no neck. No. Trotz is the best coach in the league. I, I disagree. He's got no neck because his head's so pushed down from carrying all those teams <laughs> to the Stanley Cup. Carries away the team on his head. <laughs> um, okay, then, Jake, since you're so confident in that, who is the best coach in the league? John Hines. <laughs> I, how did I know? How did I know you were going to pull that shit? I could not be less serious when I say that. Okay, good. Fuck John Hines. I think he's awful. Um... I don't know. That's a tough question because I think it depends like year to year, like so much. So it's hard to say there's like a consistent best coach in the league. But if I had to pick the best coach in the NHL, I think it's got to be Joel Quenville. That's that's who I'd pick. That's fair, but I'm still going with Trotz. I, when I look at good coaches, I look at what a team is on paper versus what it does in reality. That's a big part of what I look at. Except for Sheldon Keefe, I just feel bad for him. He was just dealt into the worst organization for on-paper success ever. <laughs> Who I look at and really think is, at least among the best, is uh, Rob Brennamore. He in Carol yeah, he won the Jack Adams this year, didn't he? I believe he did. Yeah. And that uh, yeah, might be the obvious pick, but geez, he's taken a team that should not be as good as it is. And he really pulled them together. But this isn't like Montreal. This isn't what you look like there and you see they go on a Cinderella run and have almost a fluke season. When you look at Carolina on paper, they shouldn't be as good as they are. But their team pulls together game in and game out. And that's not some magic that's going to dissipate. I think he's got an amazing gel in that locker room. And I think he's done an excellent job of raising it. Well, the other big thing with Rod Brendamore is that he's also coaching for an organization that has an insane amount of respect for him, right? Like he, he was the face of the Carolina hurricanes for a long time as a player. Yeah. And now as a coach, he's got that same level of respect. And it all, it all starts with the mentality and whatnot too. Cause he's always the first one in the gym, last one to leave. Like he's, he's there pushing the players and he, and he's also there demonstrating like what you need to do to be successful. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I yeah, that's why. Yeah, for 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 me, he would be my pick, and he was uh, for a while. It. That was the only thing keeping me going when it was rumored that Green wasn't going to come back. He's actually a, a BC product, local boy. Uh, Where in BC? Well, before you go ahead. And what say are we talking? That. Well, you're gonna hate me for this. He's from the interior. That isn't local, then. Yes, it is. Yeah, local. Local, okay, it's local in BC. It counts as local. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Lo okay, it's he local. may be local somewhere in BC, but he's not local to Vancouver. He's which... local to BC. 
He's BC local. isn't a. It isn't a city. It's a. It's a province. It's a place. Doesn't matter. Okay, well there then you you're go. local to the planet Earth. You're so right. Local if we planet? were comparing us to other planets, then yes, I would be considered local. I could be the hometown boy Facts. from China if we were competing <laughs> against Martians. No, you wouldn't. Yes, be. I would be because <laughs> I'm from the place that they're from. Is Earth? <laughs> For God's sake! In North America, if you're in B if you're comparing us to North America, then yes, BC is local. I don't care if you're from. Yeah, what, what, Tyler? What's the most obscure town in BC you can think of? Terrace. I, you know, <laughs> Why do you I keep bringing up Terrace. <laughs> I almost said Terrace too. I was this close. But yeah, if you're from Terrace and you're comparing us to North America, yeah, you're the hometown guy. That's ridiculous. No, it's not. Um. Anyway, as I was saying, I was if I wanted Green to stay, but I was thinking, you know what? If he goes and Brennan Moore feels like signing a contract here, he would be one of the only guys I would be okay with replacing Green. But obviously, that's a moot point, as we did sign Green and he re-signed with Carolina. Uh, but he is—he's just an excellent coach, and, and I have not heard an argument to say otherwise. Marcus, look at the time. You see that? Oh my goodness. The time has slipped away from me. Oh no, it slipped away from me too. That means it's already it's already time for, for Tyler's, Tyler's surprise, surprise headline. headline. Oh yeah. Wow, you guys nailed it. First try. You want me to moan for you? No, do a live take. <laughs> go for yeah, it. Go. go for it. Uh um this is gonna be interesting because I don't really remember all the details to my story. Hey man, that's usually the best ones. Well, that's okay, because that'll give me a, a minute to say my favorite little piece here. Last week was the It was the fucking fish on meth. How do you not forget that? <laughs> I, I remembered it. Like, as soon as I looked at you, I was like, oh, oh yeah. my son. <laughs> <laughs> Might help you find your son. <laughs> It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. Might make your fish get a meth addiction. It's Tyler's surprise headline. Oh, yeah? Oh, my God. All right. That's this week, we go to Florida. Oh, we're going back Florida. to Florida. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, These are the best go. ones. <laughs> oh. So there was a 43-year-old woman who was missing. Okay. Oh, no. But she was found recently. Oh, that's good. In a storm drain. In a storm drain? Yep. Apparently, she went swimming by her <laughs> wait, boyfriend's wait, 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 house. Wait, 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 When we're laughing, we can't hear you speak, and I want to hear this the first time. Okay, go ahead. Apparently, she went swimming by her boyfriend's house, and then three weeks later, she was found in a storm drain, and she doesn't know what happened. She went swimming for three fucking weeks. <laughs> Would you swim through the gutter? <laughs> I just want to imagine that conversation because, like, every time I hear these, I picture myself in this, like, go, you know, fucking as well, a fish. No, no, no. <laughs> where's my son? Maybe, but maybe she was no, hanging out with like, a meth when fish. I hear someone's mom. I'm like, I picture if it was my mom, and just how would that conversation go? Just mom, what are you doing? And they're going, I don't know. I just I went for a swim. And now I'm in the gutter. Now I'm in the gutter. Three weeks later, like what? Must have been a good swim. Man, she must be tired. She's Maybe. absolutely toned. She's been swimming for three weeks straight. She looks like Michael Phelps. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm training for the Olympics. What the fuck does it look like? <laughs> Someone flopping around on the side of a road. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, maybe she just swallowed a little too much meth. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, she's swimming, swimming in the, in the same water, water as the fish. <laughs> oh my oh god. But like how do you how do you and how do you go from the pool to the storm gutter? Like I, I don't get well, how, how I don't think she was swimming in the pool. <laughs> I think she was in like a Oh like a lagoon? A lake or or like a river. Yeah, that ended up. She ended up getting sucked into a freaking storm drain or something, and then followed through and made her way to the street. My thing is like, how did she not get eaten by a crocodile? Or I was like, just thinking that too. That's like that's. 
I, in Florida, you'd think there's a there's a greater risk of you getting eaten by an alligator than there is that you're just gonna swim into a storm drain. This lady defied all odds. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> wow. Well, I can think of no better way to wrap up an episode than on getting high and going for a swim in a storm drain for three weeks, no less. Again, I'll remind our listeners, you can always get in touch with us on Instagram at Vancouver Boys Podcast, on TikTok at Vancouver Boys Podcast, or if you would like to message us about a more serious inquiry or just say hi, you can always reach us by email at VancouverBoysHockey at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening, and we will see you on the next one. Thanks for hanging out with us. Peace.